0: to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. Sometimes by meditating on the most common stories, God can reveal the most uncommon truths, and that is what I discovered this week as I considered the details of the story of David and Goliath, as inspired by Francesca Battistelli's song Giant's Fall. Have you heard it yet? So don't you be- To the story behind the song in the show notes. It's pretty great. Um, You can always find the show notes with links to the scriptures I have referenced, additional resources, and a bulleted list of notes that I have taken for you, and you can find all of that at my website, michellenezat.com. and for this week's show notes, go directly there by heading to michellenezatcom forward slash 156. Anyway, Francesca received a request from a young girl to sing at a fundraising event that this young girl was having to support the ministry that she began to minister to women and children in Uganda and in the letter this young teenage girl wrote everyone's telling me that I'm crazy for writing you that you're too busy and that you'll never write back but I have this organization and I'm hosting a benefit luncheon on Orphan Sunday and I would love you to be there. Francesca said she was so struck by this young girl's faith because she wrote, even though everyone's telling me that I'm crazy, the one thing I've learned over these past two years is that when we step out in faith, God does fix things. So you can read or listen to the story behind the song, but Francesca ended up writing this song inspired by, not only by scripture, but, but this girl's faith. And the whole story has had me wondering all week, What glorious answers do we miss out on because we walk up to the battle line, see a giant, and terror grips us, we get terribly shaken, and we turn around and run in fear. So, as I mentioned at the top, I headed over to 1 Samuel chapter 17 to remind myself of the details of the story of David and Goliath. And I always share with you the Bible Interaction Tool exercises that I use to prepare for each week's episode. I call them Bites, Bible Interaction Tool Exercises. Get it? So I'm not asking you to do anything that I haven't already done in my preparation for the podcast. I will, however, suggest that merely listening to this podcast and not putting in putting any of the bites into action is like watching a workout video, but not following along. You're gonna gain knowledge of how to get in shape, but it won't really change your body. So don't just read the recipe, take a bite. So the Bible Interaction Tool exercises I use this week, well, it starts out with, drum roll please, read in context. Now, if you're a new listener, here's a tip. This one is my favorite. So if you do nothing else different in your interaction with God's word, than to take the focus scripture that your pastor reads on Sunday, for example, and then just go and read it in context. Most of the time that means just reading the entire chapter or maybe even the chapter before and the chapter after the focus area. Or take the daily devotional that you're going through. And instead of just reading the verse for the day, read them in context. Read the whole chapter. so Or go along with me on this week's exercise and read all of 1 Samuel chapter 17. You'll want to anyway because that is the entire story of David and Goliath and you don't want to take just one or two verses out of context here. So I always add to reading in context the BITE or the Bible Interaction Tool exercise of repetition. Because if I'm going to see something new or to be able to share the details with a friend, for example, I can't just read it once. So read in context and read it often. And then this week, I forced myself to slow down by making a list. So I made a list of observations. And then that's another Bible Interaction Tool exercise, which is to make a list. And then I was in a place then to take those observations and meditate on them, roll them around in my mind and really consider them. And then I paired that, the meditation, with prayer. And I prayed that God would speak to me through His Word and through these meditations. And as I began to come to some conclusions, I used God's truths in my prayers. I prayed for my friends, but because I was meditating on uh, David's boldness, for example, I prayed for boldness as I as I was praying for my daughters. Uh, I prayed for God to overcome the taunting of the enemy. In, a, in the mind of of a friend of mine. I prayed that I would recognize an opportunity to be used by God when I didn't walk into the room necessarily with that in mind. So I'm gonna unpack all of these thoughts a little bit more as we delve into the scripture, but I want you to see the power that can be infused into our lives when we immerse ourselves in scripture. We, we can't scroll through it um like a news feed. Okay, you can't read God's word l- like you do Facebook. Okay? You got to you're going to you're going to get shallow results if you do that. And so it's when we do the work over time that we can begin to see God bringing definition into our lives. So read 1st Samuel 17. I don't care if you think you know the story, by the way. I don't care if you've been a Christian for 40 years. I don't care if you've read the Bible all the way through or read it all the way through every year. Everyone can read this story again, and here are some of my observations when I read it this time. First of all, Goliath's outward appearance was intimidating. Now, isn't that true of any giant in our lives? Giants are just that. They're giant. So, and this giant, this was another observation of mine, he was a taunting giant. Not only was he big and fully suited up with armor, with an armor bearer holding his shield in front of him and an army behind him, but he had a mouth on him. And I observed the response of Saul's army because it said when Saul in verse 11 when Saul and the Israelites heard this they were terrified and deeply shaken. So isn't it funny that the taunting of our enemy which most often is revealed in our mind by the way I think I think some of it some of us call it negative talk but the taunting of our enemy what we hear is what shakes us and terrifies us. I observed that the obnoxious taunting went on for a long time. 40 days of obnoxious taunting, to be exact. 40 days. Day in and day out. It's enough to wear a person down, that's for sure. But he never even had to fire off a single arrow. The enemy was winning because of his mouth. And I observed that the original plan was for David to go to the battlefield to deliver food, figure out the current situation, and report back to his father. More on this later. Uh, Scripture says David, quote, arrived at the camp just as the Israelite army was leaving for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries. It kind of reminds me of a story of, I I'm from Idaho originally, but we played, And I but I went to college at McNeese State University in Lake Charles, Louisiana. And we played the University of Idaho one time in football. And my nickname was um, Idaho, of course, because <clears throat> I was from Idaho. So we had Cowboy Crazies t-shirts made up, and my nickname was Idaho on the back. And my number on my t-shirt was three for the three times we kicked Idaho's Heine in football. And so, uh, but we were playing them again, and I had on my t shirt, and a friend of mine said, Hey, Idaho. Your buddies down there are getting pretty riled up, you know, because they were banging helmets and getting all excited for the game and riling themselves up and hooting and hollering. And um, he goes, "They're pretty excited. Just wait till about halftime when they realize they're breathing pure water." And uh, it was true. It's so humid down here that, they, and they weren't used to the climate that they were dragging about halftime. But this whole getting themselves all psyched up for the battlefield with shouts and battle cries, and then three Later, as soon as the Israel, Israelite army saw him, they began to run away in fright. <laughs> so, to which I add my own: Really, I mean, you've been doing this for 40 days. The repetitive nature of the taunting has has not changed, and obviously, your plan has not changed. You're just going to hoot and holler and see what you see and hear what you've heard for the last 40 days, and still run away in fear as if it's the first time you've heard it. So. I observed that and I observed that David came into this situation with fresh eyes. He had not been worn down by this giant for the last 40 days. I observed David's two questions. What is the reward to kill this giant and who is allowed to defy God? I thought those were two interesting questions. I observed his own brother falsely accusing him and getting under his skin. In fact, it's worth reading the exchange. It kind of makes me glad I'm an only child. But it says, When David's oldest brother, Eliab, heard David talking to the men, he was angry. What are you doing around here anyway, he demanded. What about those few sheep you're supposed to be taking care of? I know about your pride and deceit. You just want to see the battle. What have I done now, David replied. I was only asking a question. (laughs) So you can just see this exchange between brothers. And um, uh, I don't have any siblings, but I think I've heard this exchange a time or two, at least among my cousins. I observed David's boldness, his childlike faith, for example. I observed the claim that David was only a boy. But thought how many other, you're only a phrases that could show up in our lives. You know, so Saul said, you're only a boy. Even Goliath said, you know, what am I, a dog that you sent, <laughs> you sent with a, a, a boy with a stick to out to shake at me. But, um, you know, what, what, are, what are the phrases? You're only a, you're only a woman. You're only a high school dropout. You're only uh, you fill in the blank. I observed David giving examples of God's faithfulness as proof that God will be faithful again. I observed others trying to get David to fight the giant in a traditional way. You know, Saul tried to put his armor on David. But this giant wasn't going to be slain as a soldier fighting a soldier. But as a child of God facing a giant. And that that takes a completely different strategy. I love verse 46. says, Today the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you. So David says, you know, uh, he, he squarely put the victory on the Lord. And it was so, so it was interesting to me. this Today the Lord will conquer you and I will kill you. And then verse 47 tells us, number one, that there's a God in Israel. Number two, the Lord rescues his people. And number three, this is the Lord's battle. I can't read you the whole chapter, so I really want you to go and read it for yourself. But these are my observations. So after all of my observations were written, I began to meditate on them. I, I read, read over them a few times. I went back and read some of the scripture again. I, I began to pray through some of them, as I mentioned. And I came up with a few main points that I want to expand on a bit uh, as we close up today. First of all, these, these are the four things that really jumped out at me. First, it was not David's plan to face the giant you know, sometimes we walk up to the battlefield as a food delivery person. (laughs) You know, we don't realize that there's a way that God may use us today. And, and, but we walk in and we're shocked and dismayed to see that someone or something has been allowed to defy God when we know he is greater than all things. And it moves us to action. And I love how God does that. So once again, God didn't say through David's father, Hey, I heard there's a giant taunting the army on the battlefield. And I think with your experience with lions and bears, I think you can take him. Go see what you can do. No, David was on a coffee run. You know, he was, he was, supposed to, he was going down there to find out what was going on and report back to his dad. So first, it wasn't David's plan to face the giant. Next, David went in the strength he had. You know, when God called Gideon to do mighty things, Gideon did not feel prepared. And God told him to go in the strength he had. I love that phrase. It comes up for me in my mind often. And David was doing the same thing here. You know, our lyrics say, though the stones in your hand may be small. You know, interestingly enough, God had prepared David for this battle through his experiences as a shepherd. And you never know what God may use in his sovereignty. Sometimes you don't even realize how prepared you are until you are called to face the giant. So first of all, it wasn't David's plan to face the giant. Second, he went in the strength he had. And then next, the taunting giant wasn't the only thing rising up against David. You know, our song refers to others throwing water on the spark well, David's brother did this. You know, David David had this exchange with his brother. But what I love about it is he did not fall for the distraction. He didn't let it discourage him. But don't be surprised when in the midst of of standing up to fight this giant that you've got these other voices coming in against you as well. So it wasn't David's plan to face the giant. He went in the strength he had. He didn't fall for the distraction of negative voices of others. And finally, he remained focused on the real prize, which was God's glory. Now, I'm not going to say that the promise of no taxes and getting to marry Saul's daughter um, become a member of the king's family wasn't intriguing to David. I'm sure that it was. But let's read what his response was to Goliath's taunting when he approached him. David replied to the Philistine, you come To me with sword, spear, and javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of heaven's armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. Today the Lord will conquer you. And I will kill you and cut off your head. And then I will give the dead bodies of your men to the birds and the wild animals. And the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And everyone assembled here will know that the Lord rescues his people, but not with sword and spear. This is the Lord's battle and he will give you to us. To really face the giants, you need to keep your eyes fixed on the author and perfecter of your faith. It cannot be for your glory that the giants are defeated. Soli Deo Gloria, for God's glory alone. So we can learn from this that God may lead us into a battle unaware. We may not know until faced with a giant how prepared we really are. We can't get distracted by the taunting giant. Or the discouraging voices of those who should be on our side. And we need to keep our eye on the prize of God's glory, that the world will know that there is a God. He rescues his people, and the battle is not ours, but the Lord's. So, what's next? We'll read all of 1 Samuel 17. Take out your journal or some paper and make a list of your own observations. Meditate on key observations and verses throughout the week. And if you're facing your own giant, ask God to reveal how he has prepared you. Keep your eyes fixed on God's glory alone. Step up and as Francesca sings, though the stones in your hand might be small, watch the giants fall. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Email me, michelle at michellekneesat.com. You can hop on Twitter or Facebook and we can talk about what you're learning. Now, before I tell you what song will be featured next week, I want to shout out to dear old friend Victoria from Oklahoma. Hi, Vic! Renata from New Zealand, Valerie from Iowa, Jerry from Ontario, Ontario Canada, Stephanie from Manitoba, Canada, Liz from the UK, Robin from Louisiana, Margaret from Australia, and Leslie from Kentucky. These are my newest subscribers to my website. Welcome. Now the benefit of subscribing is that uh, once a week I will email you and in that email you will get a weekly memory verse resource. You can display that on your smartphone, desktop, tablet, or you can even print it out. You'll also get an email recap of the week's episode and you'll get instant access to any of the extra resources that I create from time to time. All of that is just my way of saying thank you for listening. So head over to com to subscribe today. And then don't miss an episode of my podcast. You can subscribe directly in iTunes. And while you're there, would you please leave me a written review and a star rating? This not only encourages me, but it helps me stay visible to new listeners. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. Next week, I will use the song Life is Short by Switchfoot. This was a listener request from Stephanie. So, if you liked this episode, however, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With just one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michelleknizat.com forward slash 156. And then while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation.